0: Father God, I thank you for an opportunity to be able to speak on your behalf. Father God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in the lives of your people and how you are making your word much more revealing and appealing. And Lord, as we continue to seek you, help us to discover all of the mysteries, Lord, that you have throughout your word and help us to be able to apply those things to our life. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. The scripture focus right away, right off the bat. Very important scripture for reference here. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the topic of today is another quote that people often say as a way of justifying their behavior as a way of avoiding being uh c- committing to Christ. And I've I've heard this for years. But I'm a good person. Quote I'm a good person, or he's a good person, or she's a good person. And then my mind goes, how do I know you're a good person? Because you did that one good deed that one time. What makes you a good person? How are you, how are you justifying that, that, um, that standard of goodness? Where are you getting the standard of goodness to be able to say that a person is good? Where are you getting that from? If it's something that just made up in your own mind, there's no way for me to trust what your good is versus someone else's good. The only way I can really justify and understand the standard of your good is if you align your standard of good with Christ. Excuse me. That's the only way I can do it. But a common, common, common thing is, but I am a good person. I am a good person. I would often say this, if I'm just nice to some people and, and don't cause any conflicts or don't rustle any feathers, that means that, you know, I can get by in my life and go to heaven and live a nice, quiet life away from causing destruction from people. But if we are supposed to model after Jesus Christ, he didn't live a quiet life. Maybe in the beginning stages, but even when he was a preteen, he was causing some ruckus and, and causing some odds and all eyes were on him. So no matter what he did, Jesus did in his life, there was attention. tension. There was t- attention. there was tension. Uh, and there's, there's all these things, especially uh, at the latter part of his life. But when we think about Jesus, we don't think about him just being good. He's so much more than being good. We, because we are in Christ, are so much more than being good. We are much more than being good. So the topic today, and I'm going to refute this. There's so many different angles you can go with this one. But um, I'm going to talk about the way, the truth, the life. I'm going to talk about Jesus Christ. How he is the one that we model ourselves after. The life of Christ, everything that He is, the access to the kingdom, doing things his way allows the kingdom to work on our behalf. Okay. One can't earn their way into heaven. This is number one. Number one, one can't earn their way into heaven. You can't earn it. You can earn a paycheck. You can earn someone's respect, but you can't earn your way into heaven by doing good deeds. By you can, We're called to feed the poor and to take care of widows and orphans. We are called to do that. That's the good works. But what people tend to do, they do it backwards. They want to do those good deeds so so they can stack up all these earnings and stack up all these good things so they can go to heaven. And by doing these good deeds, it can cover all of the bad and all of the evil that's in my heart that I really want to do. It's going to cover up the fact that I might be cheating on my wife. It's going to cover up the fact that I might have a drug and alcohol problem. But if I do these good deeds, I'm, I might be able to get just enough so I can skip by in the skin of my teeth to go to heaven. But there's only one way to heaven. And it's not by earning your way there. Here are two scriptures. Titus 3, 5-6 He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. We are saved and heaven-bound, not because we did good stuff. We do good stuff because we are saved. We don't do good stuff to get saved. The good works are an outpour or an overflow of our changed heart. We are heaven bound, not because of the good works. We are heaven bound because we have been washed and regenerated. Now the father can stand our presence because we he doesn't see sin on us. He sees his son on us because of the Holy Spirit that was poured on us. The Holy Spirit that was poured on us. According to Titus, that's how we get there. Another one. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Popular one. Because a lot of these are going to be things that people have heard before and quoted before. But there there's there's so much richness and substance in these verses, yet there's a, a simplicity that goes along with it. There's nothing that needs to be added because it's really understandable. So Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So by grace, by God's grace, we are saved. And in order for us to get God's grace upon us, we have to have faith. We have to have faith in what Christ did for us on the cross. And Christ is, God is so clever because he knows the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who, who can know it? He has arranged this in such a way that man can't earn their way, so they won't boast. We love to boast about all of our accomplishments, all of our achievements, the amount of money we have, the... Yeah, I was I was I, I watch uh TikToks uh, uh, and 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 the TikToks I just look at a lot of things about money and and how how people are making extra money and entrepreneurship and things like that. And it's sickening to see how many rich people are flashing out of their gadgets and things to appease the middle class and the lower class to give them money. So they can try their 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 way of how they earn their millions of dollars, which we know that, that the program that they're offering is not how they want, how they earn their millions of dollars, but they show all these flashy things like the cars and the suits and wine and dining and, and upscale type things to appease them so they're boasting about their accomplishments, operating in pride, but to be on christ's team to be a part of Christ boasting and pride it is is counterproductive you you can make no progress I have something in my eye, Lord. <laughs> you cannot make a progress at all by having pride not not one bit. you have to be humble. you have to understand that it takes faith, it takes a falling down of oneself, putting oneself aside to be able to pick up this grace, this grace gift. That God has given us of eternal life. Believing in him. So you can't own your way to heaven. Number two. Good works do not enter us in a right relationship with God. When we do these good things, we think we are on God's side. We think that we are best friends with God. That we can ask anything we want and he's just going to give it to us and all this kind of stuff. He'll, He'll give you things. But the reason why people have close relationship with the Father it's because they are cultivating that relationship by interacting with Him intimately it's not about doing good works you interact with Him so you can do these other good works so people can see the glory of God through your actions so other people can believe in Him we do an outpour of good works so we can see God's glory coming out of us But for us as kingdom citizens and as sons of Christ, we are to have an intimate relationship with him. And having a relationship with anybody, you talk to them. You get to know who they are, how they take, how they work. So in Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him the, the the word i want to take away from this is without faith it is impossible that should be stamped on your forehead that should be in your home that should be on your license plate that should be on a t-shirt without faith it is impossible. It's the only thing that pleases him. It's the pleases him, pleasing God. It's it's the, it's the only thing that draws him closer to you. It's the only way you can get close enough to lay your head on his on his chest. It's the only way you can be able to hear the day to day instruction. It's the only way you can hear your calling and your purpose. It's the only way you can receive salvation, See, receive your healing, receive deliverance, receive prophetic word. It's the only way. By having faith in him. If you don't have faith, like Hebrew said, it's impossible to do anything Christ related. So that relationship is about faith in him. Number three, relationship with God is not earned. It's cultivated. A relationship with God can't be earned when he's done everything for us to allow the ease of cultivation. The relationship that we desire with him can't be based upon you giving given someone a million dollars. Good. Great. But giving someone a million dollars doesn't strengthen your relationship with God. It, you did something out of obedience if he told you to do it. But what strengthens your relationship is you spending time with him by learning of him by reading and sitting silently listening to his, listening to his, to, uh, to his voice. Whatever, he, whatever he's bringing to you knowing the voice of Christ. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes, it takes a, a, a killing of the flesh to be able to, to create a bond, an unbreakable bond. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to read the word. Your flesh doesn't want to sit and wait and meditate, it wants to go, 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 go. It just wants to ask, ask, ask. He said ask. Please do ask. You're supposed to. But that's not the only thing you do in communication. When you're talking to your wife, your husband, your friend, your cousin, your teacher, when you're having conversations with people you have relationship with, you're not constantly asking them for things. You have conversation. You have conversation. You have a dialogue that goes back and forth, back and forth. There might be times when you ask for favors of the people close to you. But with the Lord, a lot of things we ask for we don't need to because they're automatic. They're going to come to you because you're in the kingdom. He doesn't want to see you fall, he doesn't want to see you fail, he doesn't want to see you not be successful because our success is predicated on him. Whatever he excuse me it whatever that goes on in our life represents him. so if we are connected to him, we are showing his goodness and his generosity. A king likes to show his wealth. we serve a king. And we are the king, and he's the king of us kings. And he has riches and wealth and not just monetary money, material things, but things that are inside. He wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to be delivered and set free and cleansed and at peace, loving, being forgiving. That's wealthy. But that only happens with relationship. Not just one time a day, throughout the day. We don't, God knows we don't always have time to pray for him for hours. Some people have that luxury. Some people don't have full-time jobs or jobs at all where they can actually sit and pray before the Lord. Sometimes people are in full-time ministry where that's a necessity, where they have to hear from the Lord at all times because that's their job. We all don't have that. We have our 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 blanket or our box of time to be able to spend with the Lord. And when you take the time out to develop that relationship with the Lord, be intentional and be purposeful. Don't waste the time. Don't waste the time. Be intentional about that. Number four. God has a perfect standard. When we say, "Oh, he's a good person," she's a good person. When we use the word "good," we have to understand what "good" means. Everyone says, "Oh, that was good. I felt good. That that tasted good." That what does "good" mean? Whenever we talk about good, we think about the uh, it being pleasing to the flesh. It pleases my flesh, therefore it's good. it makes my emotions tingle, it makes everything just feel all happy and gooey inside because this is good. but the standard of good when it comes to Christ is so much higher than what we perceive or see or guess or assume good is while we're 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 comparing ourselves to the imperfect humans all around. God is comparing us to His Son. Jesus is the only one who lived a sinless, perfectly sinless life. He's the only one. So why? So if you had a choice of comp- of of comparing goodness, would you pick imperfection, or would you pick perfection? Would you pick someone who constantly makes mistakes on a daily basis, which is all of us? Or would you pick a man who's never made a mistake in his life? Jesus. Yes, the standard of God is too high for us. The Ten Commandments showed us it's too high. We cannot accomplish God's standard. Never, never. Alone with us ourselves we will never ever stand up and he knows that so that's why he gave us the holy spirit so we can be back to who we were meant to be to be able to keep up with that that standard of good at one point man was meant to be able to live perfectly and live at the standard that holy standard that God has but something was lost Adam and Eve rebelled, Well, Adam ate the fruit. So now that Jesus Christ has put us back together with the Father so we can be able to live up to that standard and, and, and learn what these standards are because we forgot. It's not ingrained in us. We don't understand. We don't know. He's teaching us and help us to understand who he is so we can live it out. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is that will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world. When we are comparing ourselves to others, we are trying to conform to this world. Because when the, when, when the world is sizing themselves up, it's sizing themselves based upon their own made-up standards. But we have to look at the standard, which is in the Holy Word. We got to look at Jesus, who is the Word. We have to be transformed, separate ourselves from the mindset of the world and get on board with what the Lord has. And and the reason why people don't want to be transformed by the renewing of their mind is because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because you're fighting all, the day, all, all day long against the principalities, against the powers, against all these different spiritual things. You're fighting against a system that does not believe in God. You're fighting against people who have uh, a mentality and uh, a way of doing things in their life that's contrary to how God wants us to live. And the world pushes back on the Christian standard, on the holy standard, because it, it makes them uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable, and it makes them look bad. It does. But they will never admit that. When I don't mess you up to the standard, I look bad. And that happens often. Thank God he has patience with me, that he can constantly teach me, Luke, do it better, do it better, do it better, do it better. And he does it in such a perfect way that it doesn't cause me to run. It it makes me run to him. I get frustrated with myself. And we all get frustrated. And sometimes we get mad at God thinking it's his fault. It's never God's fault. Whatever we go through is never God's fault. We can never question a a, a perfect God. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does not only affects us but everyone around us. We are made uniquely for a reason. Because we're not here just for ourselves. We are being transformed because we are being realigned with God so we can help others be realigned with him. His standard is perfect. So, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When people say, but I'm a good person, but I'm a good person... I don't see anywhere in the word of God where it says being a good person gets you into heaven. I don't see anywhere in the word of God where it says being a good person is going to allow the Lord to love you more or to love you better. I don't see anywhere in the word of God where it says by doing good work, the Lord's love for you will increase. He's not a he's not a he's not a being or a man that gives you a little bit of something and a little bit of something when it comes to his love he gives it or he doesn't give it since he is love he can't give some of himself he can only give all of himself he he, he, he has given all of himself to us. We don't walk in a certain way because we're not taking all of it we're taking bits and pieces of it We're taking bits and pieces that's comfortable to us. We have to take all of him because he has presented him, his whole self to us. And he said, here, 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 here. And he said, well, I'll just take this crumb in this corner because I still like to do this. So I'm going to take this crumb because I still want to be disobedient over there. I'll take this crumb because eh, I'm not feeling too good about this. We have different excuses on why we are living below our privilege. And then we get upset at God when our life falls apart. We get upset at him and think it's his fault when he has told us this is the standard in which you should live your life and when you live your life with this standard you're prosperous and just be, and, and also and just because the world gives doesn't mean it doesn't come without stipulations and corruption behind it. The world can quote air quote bless you but there's always consequences to those blessings the consequence, the ne- negative consequence, but the, po- the consequence that the Lord has when he blesses us, when he blesses us, he just blesses us and more blessings come. When God blesses us, his blessing comes in an overflow. Here's the last one. John six twenty nine. Jesus said, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Your work here on earth is to believe in him. And everything flows from that. Your work is not to be a carpenter, not to be a teacher, not to be a housewife, not to be a nurse. Your work is, Is to believe in him. And then everything after that is because you believe in him. You have an assignment, yes. You have a mission statement for your life. But the vision is to believe in him. That's the overarching thing. And I have one more quote that I got from Josh McDowell. This is, this is an interesting thought, and I've never thought about this before. Quote, If our eternal salvation was on the basis of works, and we would earn it successfully, then God would be our debtor. He will owe us something. The Bible teaches that God owes no man anything. And our own righteousness is as filthy rags, according to Isaiah 64. So if we were to earn our salvation, God will be our debtor. He will have to owe us something. So in a way, we will have power over God. We will be able to manipulate God, tell God what to do. Oh, you owe me this, you owe me this, you owe me this. And the evil that's in our heart, we try to get more out of him. And we do that anyway. But the things that we do, according to Isaiah sixty-four and six, our righteousness is as filthy rags compared to just the, just an ounce of what the Lord can give us. So our salvation cannot be based on works, because God owes us nothing he doesn't owe us anything we owe him everything because he created us we didn't ask to be here we're here because he loved us we have our conscience our mind because he loves us so no being good is not going to get you into heaven being nice is not going to get you into heaven Doing good deeds is not going to get you into heaven. If anyone is teaching that, they're teaching heresy. They're going against the word of God. And we've had scripture references all throughout this lesson, this talk about that. Father God, we thank you for being transparent to us, for not withholding anything from us. Lord, when we seek you, Lord, you're going to illuminate your word to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you, Lord, for being the access to the Father. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in the kingdom. There's no other way to the Father except through you. Hallelujah, and thank you, Jesus, for that. Our good works are not going to get us there. Our deeds are not going to get us there. Our intellect is not going to get us there. Our degrees are not going to get us there. The amount of people we, do, we, we, we got saved and all these things that we've done on earth does not get us to heaven. It's our faith in you because that's the only thing that pleases you. Increase our faith, God, so we can have more of you. You have given us all of you, but we're not taking it. Whatever, Lord, is missing in our lives, Lord, help us to realize that it's in you so we can open the door to that thing. In your name, I pray. Amen.